Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Pride Social Podcast. Um, I am joined by my fellow brother husbands. So, my husband, try to say hi without dying. Oh, God. I'm at the end. <laughs> Pray for me. Hashtag <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Okay, Ray, can you put your brother out of his misery and then be super gay? <laughs> Sorry, that was a pillow. Hey. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't motorboating. I guess that's kind of the other thing. Sounded a lot like motorboating. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Adam, be butch. I don't know how. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know how to be butch. Yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> All right, so as you can tell, we are kind of a little drunk off our asses. I think is what we're sounding like. Yeah. Um, but we are talking about double standards today. Because, you know, they exist, and we hate them. Well, I don't know, what what, uh, what would we consider, um, like, what's a double standard, just in case anyone doesn't okay. understand what it is? So, like, the actual definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't have to wiki this, just what do you think it says? Uh, it's where, you know, we have one set of rules, we have one set of rules are supposed to be the mainstream, mm-hmm. but then there's a standard for somebody else. Like, for example, there is one way that, at work, men have to dress a certain way, mm-hmm. but... As a woman, like business casual, business casual for a man is collared shirt, dress pants, dress shoes, and then business casual for a woman is like this whole other divergent path that is pretty much anything they put yeah. on. As long mm-hmm. as your coochie isn't showing, yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think uh, what we want to—that's kind of if we're starting with that, then um, I know that some companies are going to a more. I want to wear shorts at work. I know you want to wear shorts at work, but it still is not in the dress code. But I get it because, like, why isn't it? If because they make dress shorts. I know. Or, I like, know. shorts made out of the same material as dress pants. Yeah. They're, like, golf shorts. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. if we are trying to, I think my... Without the tacky plaid pattern. No. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I'm, like, actually wearing those today. <laughs> you are? No. What, with the tacky plaid pattern? No. Oh, no. It's just, it's yeah, khaki shorts. Yeah. dressy khaki. Um... Okay, because I think um, we, at my work, we had a change in um, the, or they're talking about change for, change for dress code and whatever, whatever, but at the same time, we're also um, championing um, trans rights and whatever, whatever. Yeah. So what happens when you have a trans person or a nine, non-binary person being forced to wear gender stereotypical clothing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, kind of, especially in the GSD community, that it can kind of be... That's a huge sh- issue. It's yeah. shaky ground, right? Yeah. And, and I get it as an employer, you don't want to hurt feels. But also, it's like, why do you have this, just like this dichotomous yeah. branching of mm-hmm. like outfits... Where can't you just all say it's going to be the same thing? Which is right because <clears throat> I I've only started seeing a, a um, like a double standard dress code since I moved into my office space. But when I worked in the shop, we all wore the same uniform, and there was all there's no like the, yeah there were women's shirts, but we always ordered like the men's style for the women because the women's shirt never tucked in properly, um, and their pants were like the, a walking bra pretty much. Like it was just it was awful. So like we all we all ordered the same uniform because it kind of fit everybody uniformly, which is kind of the whole point. And um, but when I moved into an office space, it was all of a sudden like the women in my office were wearing like those spandex leggings things, 
and those were considered appropriate mm-hmm. with like a lower cut top where I could see cleavage that I shouldn't be seeing in yeah. an office space. I'm like, how is that business casual? Yet I have to be the stuffy exactly. looking person with my collar shirt. And for me, I've always looked at it like, as long as you look professional, yes, you should be. That doesn't dictate how you can perform your job. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So as a guy, it shouldn't matter if we want to roll in wearing nice dress shorts. Yep. Shoes are a little bit harder, I guess, to be dressy, casual. Yeah, like I, I think, I think for it, men anyway, women, it's easy. Yeah. But I think I think if, if you're doing like a men have to wear closed toed shoes and it should be everyone has to wear closed toed shoes mm-hmm. regardless of what your gender is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and I think I I always get mad in the summer because like my office is like thirty thousand degrees in the summer, mm-hmm. and I have the women in my office wear like their skirts or their sundresses and that's appropriate. Yet I'm stuck in in, in these your pants. pants. Yeah, and yeah. these pants and my socks and my shoes and everything is just like baking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even like, cause Terry and I worked together for a brief period of time, mm-hmm. and we'd always Wait, have shit got done. Exactly. <laughs> and you'd be moving around and having to bend and stock shelves mm-hmm. and do all these activities, mm-hmm. and you're wearing dress pants and a dress shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A white dress shirt all yes. the time, and which just gets mm-hmm. ruined. Oh yeah. And you're hot and you can't move, and then your Sweaty. shirt's coming untucked, and mm-hmm. it's just a mess. It's like. Why does that dictate how I'm going to perform my and job? It, it actually makes it harder for me to perform my job. Yes. Um, and a tie. That's not for yeah. We actually had to wear a tie. Um, so, but that's it. Like, yes, we look professional at the beginning of the shift. But by the end of the shift, we are filthy and we're dirty. And yeah, I'm wearing white. So I'm sweaty. My hair's just fucktastic. Yeah. And like... Yeah, I look so disheveled. By the halfway through my shift, I can't keep my t- my shirt tucked in. Uh-uh. So yeah. I always got like penguin flap, like all that stuff. Well, and you've gone so far because you want to look professional. So mm-hmm. That you have those like garter things, so you can actually like, yeah. strap to your legs. You can keep your shirt tucked. I got the sheet. I got the shirt suspenders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. great, but still, it 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 doesn't help everything. Yeah. And, <laughs> but yeah, and I think they're. If we wanted to, and I know we're not there yet because it's still, there's some people that can't wrap their heads around that men and women can wear the same clothing. Yes. So I think that's why it's just innate with a lot of people that there is a dress code for men and a dress code for women, not just a dress code, period. Like, because I think for the most part, um, the reason they do it is because they want to be fair to the women. Because a lot of the times men won't complain because this is what they wear. This is what they've always worn. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. believe that this is what is proper for business as a proper business attire. Mm-hmm. But the women want to want to be able to work and also want to be able to wear women's stuff. So, you know, they've allowed it. Yeah. But it's just I think it where we are and realistically because I don't see a, a difference. Like if I wanted to, I should be able to wear a dress. Or I should be able to wear a skirt around town. Yes. I feel comfortable in my masculinity. I'm okay with it. I, yeah. I'm i not saying... Unless your boys can breathe. Yeah, exactly. I'm not fluid with my gender as much as people think I am. I'm. It's just an aesthetic. It's, you like to rock and use some pair of heels. Yeah. Like, I, I love wearing heels. I like painting my nails. But I know nowhere in it am I anywhere female. But why can't people I have, have the option to do it? Yeah. Like, we want to say that we are all you know, equal rights and equal power, but we still don't really allow ourselves to do it. No, and for, like, my work, we have a dress code. 
and it doesn't specify men or women. Yep. And there's in there shorts, there's in there skirts and anything, as long as you have closed toed shoes, of yep. course. Because you're... So realistically, you can wear a skirt. You can wear a skirt. Yeah, done. He's wearing yeah. one in the summer. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> well, and I think that would be fine if it was the same. Like, um, <clears throat> if it's another, like, if it was another job where they, if they had the, the polo shirts, like, you know, if you go to Best Buy, if you go something yes. like that, they all have the same polo shirt. Yep. They all wear the same beige khakis. Yeah. Yep. Well, even when we go and to that's Kim's. fine. Exactly. Yeah, when we go to Tim Hortons, they all wear the same outfit, yep. regardless of gender. And then I'm and I'm fine I with it. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't just don't split up your work attire because one's yeah. a man, one's a woman. If I have to wear a tie at work, why doesn't that woman have to wear a tie? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've actually had some women. They're like, why can't I wear a tie? They want to wear ties. And and and, and they're forced. They they can't. It's no. not in their dress code. They and like a regular tie, not that like. Whatever the small little tie is, mm-hmm. that, the, the fake tie that like only like goes halfway down to your chest. Yeah, yeah. or like the ones that like just peek out under the collar. Like mm-hmm. that is a ridiculous yeah. looking tie. But even like when I worked for Sears, like eons ago, mm-hmm. um, when at Christmas we all have to wear special like ugly ass Christmas ties. Yeah, yeah. They all hand out. Mm-hmm. But the boys wear ties. The girls have to wear this ugly ass scarf. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, but. And we all dress in black and white, which is great. But yep. then the like, what if I wanted to wear a scarf? What if I thought I looked better with an ascot? Exactly, you right? could rock an ascot, right? You're totally a Fred. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I managed to convince my my bosses one one year, I'm like, I'm like, hey, there's a bow tie in here. Let me wear the bow tie. They're like, well, it's for. I'm like, no, let me wear the bow tie. Mm-hmm. You want me to wear Christmas? I let me wear the bow tie. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. I think the whole concept though too is with men and men and women's kind of apparel. Is that you know society also sees it that specific? Well, too. We, we don't have options. And, yeah, and like I think if it happened at work, then there might be some controversy, of course, mm-hmm. like you know either from customers or from work employees, right? That way. But I think that's where it needs to but go towards that way. Do we see that it's changing? Because we have Jet Alpha, who is very gender fluid, and will wear whatever the fuck they feel like that day. Mm-hmm. But then we also have people like. Um, Jonathan Van Ness, who will cut hair in a skirt and a pair of heels and, and not give a fine fuck what anybody Yeah, and needs. still have his beard. And still have his beard. Yep. But he's in a creative environment. He's yeah, not, he's I not guess. in a corporate environment yeah. that is he's dictating what he can wear. And then did you did you say about what was it, Vivek? There's a, a place a person here. They were on the late he was on the ladies or she or they. Oh yes. We're on the ladies. And he's from Calgary. Oh yeah, they're the one Calgary. that works at my he's, a, yeah, he's yeah. a professor in the yeah. creative writing and stuff and mm-hmm. very androgynous male features, mm-hmm. but also dressing in women's clothing mm-hmm. and stuff with heels and, and even hairy legs. For, and... I think Maybelline right now. Oh are they? Yes. Maybelline or yeah. Mac? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Mac. Yeah. Well, I yeah. remember when 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 men wearing women's clothing was considered taboo. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. And like unless you were a dry queen, it wasn't acceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think, I think that's also ridiculous. And is that also maybe part of an underlying, not symptom, but um, a byproduct of toxic masculinity? I think it, it definitely could be because men are worried that, you know, their masculinity is so fragile that women are taking it away. I I don't know. Like, I, I don't feel me personally, and I don't think anyone at this table feels that way. So I can't even say anything about it. I just want to have the option to wear whatever I want. Well, and not and get, when you want. And yeah. when I want and not get beat up at the street or get fired. Like you go to like, like the Middle East, like um 
the United Arab Emirates. But we are not going there. No, no, I know, I know. I'm not saying skate friendly, but you go to those places where, like, culturally speaking, they were essentially a dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And it's because it's for heat and whatever. Yeah, because they let the boys breathe. But nobody blocks the fact that someone's wearing a floor length get like it, it's it's their it's, it's, thing. It's, it's cultural, culture. right? It's culturally acceptable. Yeah, mm. uh, that I agree with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like the usually for any of our also like the Pope can wear a fucking dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> that's his fancy. But it's for size. It's his fancy gown. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, like I think for our westernness, like Scotland, everyone thinks kilts are cool. Yes. Right, and it's it has become fetishized. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, like and they will do tartan, but they'll also do leather and all yes. that stuff. So it has become a thing in the gay community that is well. And the ancient highly... Greeks, the ancient Romans used to wear skirts as part of their uniforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah gladiators, yeah, mm-hmm. thing too. Again, it, it was it's easier to wear. I don't. It's not. It's not really a skirt. I'm sure they had a different well, word sure. for it. Yeah. Well, because women used to just wear togas. Yeah. Like, isn't that what it was? And well, anything else? used to wear togas, too. Yeah, but I think um, for actual warriors, it was different pieces and whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it was like a breastplate and... and mm-hmm. No, but no, because when I played Assassin's Creed, it was actually called a skirt. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm. Just need to bring that all back. Agreed. I think it's a little tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we see double standards in a lot of our lives, I feel like. Um, and I think one of the big places we see them is in relationships. Okay. Particularly within uh, gender roles within a relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because um, especially I think in the GSD community, we're expected that our relationships are going to model a heteronormative ideal, ideal, and that's not always the case. But, or we're going to be very feminine. Yes, which again, that's or super chaotic. Yeah, that's two. Uh, yeah. That's kind of. Uh, Flying us off in two separate directions. Yes. Yet. Right? So, but I think the reason that we are expected to be heteronormative is because that is what we are taught, right? That's how we are brought up. Yes. So, for most of it, so that's why it can get confusing in a, in a, any kind of GSD relationship once you get in one, because you don't know what the actual gender roles are, mm-hmm. if you need them at all. Um, there's that, uh, that old meme of there's the two gay guys that are like, I'm so hungry. I wish someone would make us sandwiches. And then there's the two lesbians who are like, what are we going to do with all these sandwiches? <laughs> like, <Fuck>. right? <laughs> oh my God. It's there's terrible. So much wrong with that. It's so but bad. it kind of points out the fact that that's exactly how we were raised, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Men go out, do the breadwinning. And literally bring the bread home so their women can make them sandwiches. Because yeah. they shouldn't be bothered with learning how to yeah. make a sandwich. And they're the ones to, you know, raise the children. And, yes. Yeah. So, and that's what happens. So, it, when people complain because we have no idea how to live in a relationship, it's because we weren't taught. Yeah. Like, we were taught in a very... Um, we, ta- we were taught our whole lives and all aspects of our lives, how to live in a heteronormative life, but not on purpose. It's just that that's how we were shown. So when we need to fundamentally change one thing in there, AKA not have two different sexes in the relationship, it it changes. And there's a lot of, there's a huge cascading effect that does influence many, many aspects of a relationship. When I, when I worked in, in the shop, um, I worked at first as an administrator, which is traditionally 
mm-hmm. a, a role filled by a woman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was one of like three male administrators in the whole country. And um, so every job that I had to do was classified as a pink job. Yeah. And then all the jobs that the, boy, that the boys in the shop did were called blue jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay, there's a fucking problem with that because mm-hmm. I can throw a tire on better than you, but you can't balance my books as well as I can. Yep. So, like, how do we feel about having certain labeled jobs? I, I think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a, a police officer was supposed to be a man's job, but there's a lot of women yeah. in there. Same, right? with Same with nurses. Nurses, if you were a male and you're a nurse, generally was seen as being oh you're a sissy or you you know what i mean but now you see like a lot of male nurses but even days. now like if we were to go and apply for like an administrative assistant yeah we, we, we wouldn't be hired right. unless we were very flamboyant we were very twinky and we were very young mm-hmm. because companies just don't look at like your value as a person because you can be very type a very organized very well spoken and it's like you can make an but it's just run. because of your gender. But I, should, your I shouldn't have to talk with a lisp and a gay accent in order to get a job. No, right. but they're gonna look at you more like you can't do the job as well as a woman can, which mm-hmm. is bullshit. Because oh, you might. Be- and I was replaced by a woman. Yeah, not that I have anything against my my female coworkers, mm-hmm. but I was replaced by a woman and then lied to about why I was replaced mm-hmm. by a woman, and that's what really pissed me but, off. Yeah, but then it, it can go the other way too. A woman going and working in a construction job. Then she might not get hired because she, you know, it's not a. But male I feel like she has a better chance of getting hired because everyone's striving for a, a quality, a diversity yeah. quotient. But if a man goes into a more feminine role, people just automatically look at it like that. He's less of a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what, why I'm saying, like nursing. And what stuff about within caring. the home? Because there are there are some men, there are some heterosexual men that actually take care of their home while their wives are the career driven wives who go out and make the money and bring home the bread and the bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are men who do all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the errands, make sure the bills are paid, the kids are off to school, stuff like that. So how do we feel about those men being viewed as less of a man because they are taking care of the home? Well, I think the hardest job is going to be raising fucking kids. Oh, God. Yeah. Let's just be honest. That's got to be the most stressful job because you're home all day with them and then you never get to leave work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus... If you go to an office for eight to ten hours a day, you get to shut off usually at the end of the day and escape and go home. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, well, and I think it's coming, becoming more accepted, I think, with the men staying home. And I, I think so, because you see some of them being at home and people sometimes don't react to that. They're like, oh. Like you're less of a person. It's probably how we've seen it like being Maybe. modeled, right? Like, yeah. Because we've seen it modeled that you can it's either the... be you can be a man and working and cleaning and cooking and doing all that stuff, and you can be the woman doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if our dad didn't work because our mom was the breadwinner, I don't think we would have batted an eye to it. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it would have been a big deal. No. Um, but I do. I think what we do have I, there's a and it's been there a conversation that um. I think we've had in the past, maybe on one of the podcasts, but I'll just bring it up anyway. Um, in 1984, Michael Keaton came out with the movie Mr. Mom, which was this exact thing, that he had lost his job, the wife got a better job, so now he was going to stay home and raise the kids. Mm-hmm. And then hilarity ensued, mm-hmm. because he had no idea how to raise a family because he was a man. Um, I think... 
a little bit after that. I think you could almost throw Mrs. Doubtfire in this kind of situation yeah, as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Again, it was funny because he's dressing up mm-hmm. like a woman and trying to do all these things, uh, which he doesn't really know how to, and he's not the best at it. But you know what? He's trying his best, darn tootin', to raise those children. So we are all okay with it, even though he might have put them in danger and put his boobs on fire. But I think (laughs) it's just... And then you see it now, and I think we've heard it on uh, the Ladies of the Social. They've talked about it when their husband is watching the kids. Yes. People ask them, oh, you're babysitting your kids tonight. Mm-hmm. No, you're not babysitting your kids. Your parent. You're parenting. And I think I used that line on you the other day. Yes. Right? And it's like, no, that's exactly... You are not babysitting your children. Yeah. You are parenting them. Yeah. Like, it's not the... It's not the wife's job to do all the parenting. And then once the husband kind of takes over, it's still a big surprise. Mm-hmm. So even going back to, it, it was 1984, and then that is now, what, 35 years ago yeah. that this movie came out? And we haven't changed the dial very much, mm-hmm. right? It's no. still... In fact, it's gotten worse. Yeah. Because there, so there's a movie that came out, um, I think, in 09 or 2010. Might be a little bit sooner than that. Um, anyhow, it's called The Interns. It's got Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro. Yep. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anne Hathaway is like high-powered executive. Okay. She has her own company. So her husband stays at home, raises the kid, does all the, all the dad stuff, but he ends up cheating on her because he feels like escalated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we also saw a similar storyline in Sex and the City. Um, it was it was Sex and the City. Yeah, in the movie. Steve Steve Miranda. Yeah, yep. Steve Miranda, because you know Miranda was just lawyer that wasn't paying attention to a relationship mm-hmm. and so he's like well i'm gonna go bang the nanny or something like Even that though i've only got one ball yeah <laughs> like mm-hmm. but so it, it's well if, if if the dad stays at home then expect that he's going to cheat but that's not men aren't like that yeah mm-hmm. believe it or not we are we can we are capable of keeping our, not our cheating pants. yeah yes mm-hmm. that is a plot device that was used uh, not difficultly yes. like and that, that's sad when the community that is watching these movies as a whole or TV programs will believe that. Yes. And accept that at face value. And, but it's created, it's a, that's a dangerous stereotype. Yeah. Like if we were to flip it and then like, how would we feel, you know, if the wife's at home raising the kids and the husband's out there working and then the wife's the one that's cheating, yeah. it would have been like, you know, bloody murder. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think in both of those cases, the woman took the man back. They're like, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry for no. making you feel this no, way. No, Hathaway's character. I thought she no. did. She was like, get out of my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. But even though, like, you could you could see them taking them back because they realized their mistake in going after their dreams and forgetting mm-hmm. both their partner. Right? Okay. And it, Actually, no. That's another double standard we should talk about is cheating. Mm-hmm. Because men... We are, first of all, we are always accused of being the cheater. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you are a whore. Well, you allow it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So we're always accused of being the cheater. And then our women are always expected to be the ones to take us back because, you know, oh, we've seen the error of our ways. Mm -hmm. You're the only one I want. Mm -hmm. But that's also bullshit because, first of all, women are just as capable of cheating as we are. Yes. And men are just as naive in taking their women back and seeing the error of their ways. I think a lot of it, though, is because women do it but they get away with it more because men are less likely to a pick up on signs and signals like that yeah that something is off with them because they just run it off 
I hate to say it, a lot of the reason because of just emotions. Mm -hmm. You yes. might be like, you're having your issue. This They're having lady problems. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And a lot of straight men are just like, I'm just not going to say anything because she might react. Yeah. Where men in a gay relationship or straight relationship are more likely to be seen as potentially cheating, even if they're not, and they're just stressed at work. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or they're dealing with a health issue or anything like that. Yeah. And women are more likely to go look look into that more. Yeah. And I, I remember I had, a, I had a relationship where I... Sneaky. Um, <laughs> so they're sneaky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I had a relationship, or I had a relationship where um, um, we were we were living together. We were we were engaged, um, and I had for the first time in years had a gay coworker start with us. So I was all excited, I'm like, "Ooh, this guy's really awesome! Like, we actually get along. I want to become friends with him." And so I went to go hang out with with him, and I think his his husband, and my partner at the time was like, "Well, make sure you get tested afterwards." And, like, accused me over and over and over again of cheating on him. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, if you're going to accuse me of cheating, I'm going to go out and look to cheat. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, obviously that's how much you value our relationship. Mm -hmm. And we ended up ending shortly after that because of these accusations. And I never followed through with anything, but being accused of it made me want to be like, well, mm -hmm. I as well do the thing I'm being accused of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? I think it's, um, again, <laughs> I hate to call sciency on everyone's ass, but... It's um from no, a, you don't. yeah I know <laughs> from a biological standpoint and that's how I always see it so that's why I don't I know surprise surprise I don't believe in monogamy what it's, I know um but it's because for genetics men are supposed to rear as many offspring as they possibly can mm -hmm. so that is it's imprinted in us to have as many sexual partners as we possibly can mm -hmm. to get our DNA out there. Uh, conversely, women are expected to rear the highest quality offspring that she possibly can. So women are going for quality over quantity, whereas we don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, we are like, we can, you know, pop a shot into uh, 80 to 100 chickies right over here. Uh, I think I would be able to walk after that, but mm -hmm. like that, that's fine with us and that's that's okay. Whereas women, they have to be selective with who mm -hmm. they get. That's why there's all of the, all of the the, the, the displays and the showcasing, and uh, that's why male birds always have better plumage than mm -hmm. women birds because they have the whole animal kingdom, right? And that's exactly it. And we still believe it now. Um, there is, I think, we actually see a lot of it. Oddly enough, shout out to. Naked Attraction, the the TV yes. show on BBC Four, because they always have these really interesting tidbits about, about evolution of yeah, sexuality, about why someone is attracted in to humans. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, so it can definitely be, uh, it could be their height, it could be their smell, it could be the pheromones they're giving off, the amount of body hair they have, the um. They go right down to like eye color. Yeah, no, exactly. Like eye color, shape. voice. Yeah. Um, are their ears the same length and Size, yeah. yeah, and the same shape on their head? Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we. These are all cues that our brain is picking up on that we do not know we're looking at. Yeah. And it's the subconscious. Yeah. yeah like, and exactly it. So if you don't believe in love at first sight, no. Right. But there is definitely lust at first sight mm -hmm. that you don't know why that you are instantly attracted to this person. It's because your biology is actually like. Whatever is in them is ticked off enough of the boxes to be like, yes, I would be able to rear their offspring. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it is. Yep. So going back to the cheating part of it, men, 
it's not because they, yeah, sure, they might feel emasculated, but that's because they aren't being allowed to spread their seed, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. I'm sure even they would feel, if it's the same person over and over again, that it doesn't matter. But it's even the stereotype of, like, the boss chain with his secretary at work. Yes, right? because I think that is um, an opportunistic one, yeah. and that is a power struggle. Um, again, we are, uh, like, I don't want to get into um, <laughs> a whole Me Too sexual debate debate like, yeah. but that's exactly yeah. what that is right there that is a power struggle mm -hmm. um that's not a real romance it might start it may, okay, the secretary might actually get to romance but it definitely yeah. didn't start there yeah. okay so men yes they're trying to increase their fitness by getting out there and having the people the women um and i think uh, that we actually see it in other places that they will use the men because there's two different types there's the men that are great to actually raise your kids, mm -hmm. and there's men that are actually great to father kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, hell, there's even a heart song with, like from the 80s all about it, um, where they go out, get pregnant, come home, never tell this guy that, it, that it's not his son, and they raise it as their own. To me... That's the worst kind of cheating. It's the start of so many Murray, uh, Murray episodes. Right? Yeah. But, like, literally, that that is actually a skill from the animal kingdom. Yeah. That they that is has evolved with yeah. us. Yeah. It's not, like, a new thing. It actually is really, really good mm -hmm. for moving the whole evolution forward of our species. Because, yeah, like, let's get real. I know Eric is... He'd be a great father of my children, but... But I'm not the man you're going to jump into bed with. Exactly. Wait, yeah. I'd go to bed with you every night. But you're not about to jump my bones. Yeah, that's true. Like, no, not, not without getting... Like, I'm not, like, okay, so you have, you have me, and then you have, like, some, like... You have, um... I say Bono because he's your first ex-husband. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so we're standing next to each other. You'll go bang Bono. Yeah, yeah. But then you'll come marry me. Yeah, I'll let him impregnate me. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you would let me Hashtag raise trust. that kid. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would never tell you. Or even if I did tell you, you wouldn't care because they're still in love with that child and blah, blah, blah. blah. Exactly. It happens all the time. Because you, you would be devious and you tell me, like, Six years in, when I've devoted all this time and love to this yeah. child, I'd be yeah. like, "All right, well, at least it's mine." So, mm -hmm. yeah. all with that, there's the, like in in and of itself, that's kind of the double standard that we have. Yeah. So we would accuse men of cheating, and you know, it, you know, it's terrible, and sometimes the women will take it back. But if a woman was to do that and actually got found out, what would the like? It would be scandalous. Yes. Right. It would be like, "Oh my God, you've ruined his life! How dare you!" It's so much worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But literally, you were almost doing the same thing. Yeah. Right? And no one would ever complain or yell at the guy that impregnated her. Yeah. And never said anything. Because maybe you didn't even know. Yeah. That's fine. But still, right? But that's just double standards. And that's even in the straight world. Yeah. Like, it's, it's tough to... <laughs> have a double standard for accidental pregnancy in the gay world because mm -hmm. yeah. someone's going to be holding the turkey baster and you're going to know who it is. But there's still that, that there is still kind of that double standard with tops and bottoms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's expected that the top will go off and cheat all the time because you can stick his dick into everything. Yeah. But really? Cause I would always mm -hmm. see the bottom is the one that is quote unquote, super horny all the time. And but the bottom is usually is stereotypically the submissive. more emotional one. Right? That's true. Yeah. Not in this case. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but 
All right, actually, let's talk about that. Because, Terry, you and I in our house, we joke about having pink jobs, blue jobs, Which or we, as we call them, top jobs, bottom jobs. Yes, we have renamed them because yeah. we do not believe in sexual uh, divination. Okay. Also, we both like blue, so it, it's like... <laughs> exactly. So blue job is actually my job, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, which we really equate to gender roles in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that a double standard too from being heteronormative? Like, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. real realistically, even though I might be the top in the bedroom, I do a lot of I do a lot of the housework only yeah. because I'm home all the fucking time. Yeah, where and I think we fight because um, I've been uh, I've been sick for a little bit. Yeah, so I haven't had to do laundry. For a little, for a while, because that's always my job. That's bottom job. Like that is in the house. We know that I do laundry because that's yeah. just I do it. Um, I it is literally piled piled up for a week and a half. I think so. I think because I'm I've been sick, so I've been like just wearing like schleppy things, and I don't care. Um, I think you are on like your last pair of socks, and they're not even a pair; they're mismatched because <laughs> you've yeah. got nothing. I'm surprised he hasn't like d- done the whole flip underwear inside out, yeah. rotate. I, I had I had a to wear a, a third day. I had a conference call today. I was able to do from home, hmm. and thankfully I was able to do it from home. So I pulled out like the, sh- the my work shirt from the bottom of the basket, and like. Shook it out and make sure the camera saw me from like the shoulders yeah, up. Because he wasn't wearing any pants. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what happens when your and, life can fall apart. Yes, and to be fair, I should be I should be taking care of the laundry. It's just never something I think of. You know, exactly, because it's always it's one of those roles that I do. Yeah. Um and I don't like I don't complain about it. I do laundry because that's just you know, I like doing laundry. It's fine. Like same as I do all the yard work. Like yeah. I do that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's oddly he hasn't been sick enough to play in his garden, so mm-hmm. you know. Hey, it's tough to define what gender roles you have, you can have in a safe-sex relationship, mm-hmm. yeah. right? What about you and Adam, well, right? Like, th- what do you got? I don't think we really have them. Like, I'm very type A in the yeah. house and just making sure the house is clean, making sure the bills are paid. The only thing I hate doing is yard work. Yeah. And then, then I'm like, hey, you need to go get the yard done because it's bugging me. Yeah. yeah. Or laundry and stuff. Like, we always take turns doing whatever we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I never... We don't really have jobs associated with what we have to be doing. And, like, cooking and stuff, we usually do that either together or one or the other yeah. kind of thing. I don't see it as a gender-specific role at all for anything. The only thing that bothered me at first when we first got together is that he was always, like, clean, 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 clean. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> you want me to clean? I hate this shit. And it would always be like a battle because I was like, I hate this. This is not therapeutic for me, but it was like therapeutic for him. And I've gotten mentally, it's helped. It helps me so much. Yeah. Yeah. But like for me, I was just like, what the hell? And I didn't understand it. And I just fought him. And I'm a lot with you, Adam, because I can live in a little bit of mess. Mm -hmm. I actually, I I don't want to say I thrive in it, but I'm I'm comfortable in mess Mm -hmm. because I don't know. It's probably like my chaotic type personality, which is fine. You have a rebel personality. Yeah, but I know that like, I knew Ray was coming over today, so I like came home, hauled ass, and cleaned as fast <laughs> as I possibly could. <laughs> Which is ironic because unless I'm living where I'm living, I don't really care about the mess. Yeah, anywhere I am. But I could just yeah. see it, like literally, like there was like there's dishes left. I'm, I'm I then I thought that I was giving getting side eye from my brother the entire <laughs> time because I'm not living up to his standards. <laughs> but like I just I was like, oh my god, Ray's coming! I need to clean. But and that's a 
but that's a like I would never do that for anyone else. So I guess that's a double yeah. standard for me because I know that that's the way he yeah. is. Wait till we all move in together, right? And <laughs> well, so I'll have to clean this house ever because I'm yeah. like I got it. It's yeah, good. and I, yeah, I'm good with that. Like mm-hmm. he can do the fuck. I'm the same way. My I know my mother's coming over. Yes, and this you do. House yep. fucking sparkles. Yeah, I'm like, why are you vacuuming at oh, seven o'clock in the morning? My, my grandparents are ever coming to the house. Oh. Although they, if, they like the dog. if we are having guests, unless it's you two, then I'll. Make sure like the bathroom's clean and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you guys are coming over, I don't really care. Well, but like even Stop. like when you two come over, because we have a double standard with our appearance. When because when you yeah. two come over, we're like whatever the hell we're wearing. Yeah. But like my mother comes over and I am in jeans and my hair is combed mm-hmm. and like I'm in a clean shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think all four of us have talked about it, and we have like the sweatpant rule. We are allowed to wear sweatpants around each yes. other, yeah, because we want to be comfortable and we want to do everything. Or pajama pants. Yeah, whatever. exactly. Like I would never. Like, I would never wear sweatpants outside. No. That's just the way I've been, like, that is... It was hard enough at Christmas going to your mom's. And she was PJs? Like, I know. Yeah, wear PJs, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I didn't. I actually wore real street clothes yeah, to jeans. her place, and then changed change. there, because yeah. I couldn't. Like, I, like literally, my mother would be rolling around in her grave, because it would be, like, the worst. Yeah. yeah. Like, I cannot so wear that kind of thing out in public. Yeah. Whereas, I, I, I do wear sweatpants in public, because I have a pair of their walking pants that yeah, yeah. I put on to walk yeah. the dog in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're being active. You're not I, just I, like I going. And... But I will. I will also wear them because I usually keep them on when I get Terry up, and then I usually wear them to Tim Hortons to get whatever. Yeah. But like that's usually the that's the farthest of that the radius goes. Well, like when, but like I have the Lululemon kind of sweatpants, and oh, then yeah. I'd be like, I'm gonna wear these. Though. And Ray's like, No, <laughs> you're gonna look frumpy, and we're not going to the grocery store. No, like this. I said you look homeless, and I'm, I'm not shopping for <laughs> you. You look homeless. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not homeless. I just feel comfy. <laughs> Insert crystal waters right here. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going. That's what's going into the break sound. Speaking of, uh, I think we're gonna take a quick break, and then we will be right back. Yay, we're back. Okay. I feel like we need some, like, jingle to go in there. We need to, like, write our friends over. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, cause, like, like, our friends at the Gage Podcast have, like, little, like, little jingle that goes in there. So you're saying we need to, like, uh, hook up with Mike and, well, <laughs> I'll hook up with Mike. Of course. But, so. um, and then just be like, write us a song. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> no Power Rangers. <laughs> I hate that. Okay. So, uh, before we move ahead. hmm uh, I want to put a disclaimer out there. We are about to move into some very sensitive topics mm-hmm. um, that may or may not trigger some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are, if you feel triggered at any time, or this the, the contents of of the latter part of this podcast upset you, um, please either stop, <laughs> stop right now. This is your warning to stop. Yeah. <clears throat> um, otherwise, um, deeply sorry. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not even going to say we're deeply sorry for covering these because no, these are topics that true. need to be talked about. Yeah. But just be warned, the this could trigger some people going forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it does trigger you, you and you do stop, please write your congressman and tell them to get their shit together and they can fix all uh, these problems. And if you're a Canadian, write your MLA and your MPs mm-hmm. because it is a conversation about to start to happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are going to start with um, – all right. <laughs> Let's jump right in. Mm-hmm. Abortions become a huge, a huge, huge debate, not only in the U.S., but up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, there, there's kind of a double standard when it comes to it, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I'm not just talking about the double standard of the unborn 
mash of cells at six weeks has more rights than the fully foreign woman carrying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also, I'm talking about, and Laverne Cox actually was the one that pointed this out that until she pointed out, I never really thought, thought about, about this, yeah. mm-hmm. but trans men, yep. trans men who are well, transitioning, but they're being left out of this conversation because everyone's like, well, abortion is a woman's right. Yes. But is it? Is it just a woman's right? I don't think so. Let's discuss. Yeah. Well, and that's, ex- I, I agree. And that's, I think, why I wanted to, I wanted to include this topic as well, because I've seen it all over. Um, like, Everywhere. Yeah, exactly. They're all talking about it because yeah. everyone knows that Alabama has just, is it going to create their most insanely backwards redneck law that they've ever thought of yeah. in the history mm-hmm. of the world that after six weeks, uh, you can't do a first term, first stage, first quarter, first trimester. Think, was, trimester, thank you. I thought it was uh, 12 weeks. No, they're bumping it to six. Yeah. Like, that's six the problem. Can, can uh, but first of all, people forget that it's six weeks. A woman is two weeks late for a period. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's like, if you are like regular no, on time. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of women that still, the reason they are on the pill is because they wanted to regulate their cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of women, it's over and whatever, whatever. You may never even know that you're pregnant. Oh, please. We, we've heard it all the time on shows like Maury and yeah. stories from the ER. I never knew I was pregnant. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't know all the time, yeah. right? It's not like uh, at four weeks you start getting morning sickness. So, you know, you've got that two week window with which to make the most important decision of your yes. life especially if you've never been pregnant before because you exactly. don't know how your body's going to react yeah also people feel like um you can walk into an abortion clinic and order like you order a quarter pounder mm-hmm. and it happens right away and it's and first of all it's an extensive process it's an emotional decision mm-hmm. i think we saw that i think uh sex, sex education, education did it covered brilliantly. it so well. yep yeah. yeah but again that would that's how it would be done in the uk Yes. Not how you would do it in yeah. the U.S. Mm-hmm. No. No, because I think we've all heard that um, now, if you're going to an abortion clinic or any planned parenthood, if that's what it is, yeah. there is the, and I think John Oliver also touched on this, there's going to be the uh, the other quote-unquote family planning clinics, a lot of them moving in like right across the street yeah. to be like, hey, come on over here. Woo-woo, you get an abortion. We've got better ideas for you over here. And literally they are pro-lifers telling you not to get, get an abortion, yeah. not to kill your baby, but uh, put it up for adoption or whatever, whatever. Yeah. And they're get, they're pumping you all of this hope and like, look how beautiful babies are. And then once it's born, they kind of drop you. Yeah. And that's that's the big problem. And I think that is the big issue. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole yeah. other kettle of fish. So and as four cis men, yeah. we don't have the right to tell women to do anything with their bodies. No. I'm saying so, it right now. So let's talk about why it's important that trans men be brought into this conversation. Yeah. Because trans men, even though the word men is in that, Turn there, they still have some functioning equipment at some point because it's not all. It's not like you walk in one day and be like, "I want to be a man." Yeah, and then you walk out <laughs> the next day, walking the entire right? Exactly. And you walk out the next day and you got all the equipment you need. Yeah, and all the equipment you don't need has been taken away. That's not how that happens. Yes, it's a very slow process. Yes, um, with many many steps. Yes, yeah. And I know that yes, uh, in the transitioning periods when you got top and bottom surgery in between you do like if you are you know rah rah one of the steps is getting a hysterectomy yes mm-hmm. so they do take out all of your womanly parts yes but your 
outside womanly parts are still there. Yes. Mm. So you are just functionally not able to reproduce, but you still have all the woman parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, before you get that hysterectomy, you are able to reproduce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still there. Yes. And so if you were sexually assaulted and you become pregnant from that, as a trans man, you should have that right mm-hmm. to terminate that pregnancy because it, if it's unwanted, most of it is, you should have the right to terminate it and move, be able to move on with your life. Yes. Yeah. Or even if you're with a partner and you get pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Accidents happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, you were off cheating. Yes. Now you've <laughs> <laughs> cuckooed your way into that. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, Ray, you had a interesting mm-hmm. tidbit. Uh, mine's a little bit controversial, but I've never heard about it before. And when we were talking about doing this a couple weeks yep, ago, yep. I was telling Adam about it. And we hear so often that it's a woman's body, it's a woman's right, which I 100% agree. Yeah. If you're putting yourself in a situation, you have to like basically bake this baby for nine months. You are entitled to do belong. It's not an easy bake oven. You don't have a little light bulb next to your hoo-hoo. Wow. <laughs> you mean the belly button doesn't pop out? <laughs> no! Yeah. But we hear that so often. But what about the man? The man who gets the woman pregnant, if they're in a committed yeah. relationship, or it's a one-night stand, or anything like that. It's always the woman's decision to carry this kid. Yeah. But then that's also going to be a repercussion for the man for the next 18 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does Child he, support, no why does he yeah. have no say in saying, you know what? We had a one night stand, you got pregnant. We yeah. both did this act. Yeah. Why are they not allowed to terminate their rights at 12 weeks? Yeah. They should be able to sign off on something and say, uh, I want nothing to do with this kid. It's your choice to push it out of your body. Yeah. I don't want to have to do that. And not have the responsibility of having child support. I'm saying that as someone who has been in a long-term relationship with a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, (laughs) does that mean that if with Alabama's bill, for example, where life technically begins at six weeks after conception, Mm -hmm. does that mean that child support kicks in at six weeks? It should. It should. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I should be getting money from my baby daddy right now. If you're forcing this woman to to be pregnant and we're not giving the dad the option, then I'm sorry, but deadbeat dad, Mm -hmm. one night stand, stand. Yeah, you, you better be in there and paying child support. Exactly. I know it, it raises so many questions that these people aren't even considering. All they're trying to do is be pro-life, and it's like if it we want to make sense, if just, we want to be proactive with women able to have their babies or not have their babies, which mm-hmm. is, they should be entitled for that. Yeah, then they should. The men on the flip side should also have that option to say, "I want to yeah. be involved" or "I don't want to be involved." And if you don't sign off by the time you're able to terminate, yeah. At a healthy time, like 12 weeks or whatever it is in yeah. Canada. Mm-hmm. And you say you don't lose those rights in the nine months or nine months when the baby's out. And you're like, well, I'm just not going to be a good dad. I'm backing off. Then that's too fucking bad. Yes. Because you mm-hmm. chose to go through with it. You gave the woman false hope that you would be there with her. Yeah. That's the problem. I think the only issue that I can see with that is that, uh, first of all, men are stupid and they don't know what they want. So I think that if they, given the choice to back out or stay, they will back out. Even if they don't really want to. Like, think of all of the... Like, you see it in the 50s and the 60s and whatever. That's why everyone got married way back when. It wasn't because they loved each other. It wasn't whatever. It's because Betty Sue lost the V-card in his 56 Buick. Yeah. yeah. And they got married because she got preggers. Mm -hmm. Right? It was a shotgun wedding. That's what it is. If men always had the option, as per your statement, to... Like, say, no, I don't want any part of this. Literally, I'm sure 95% of men will do it. Yeah. Because 
that hey, I'm not mm, that was just one time, sorry, baby. Mm-hmm. Like I could just see it. And yeah. and I think that's as a viable option, and I agree, because there's going to be those that portion of men who are going to be citing, you know, we're not ready for this and whatever, whatever, and all of I, their points are valid. And what happens if he is pro-choice and she is pro-life? Now they're like literally screwed i think there would have to be some kind of um some kind of some arbitration there there's got to be some go kind of arbitration it, in there that you can't be in a relationship with somebody and then just be like well that's too bad i'm out of it now yeah well, so yeah because yeah. uh, oddly downton abbey dealt with abortions in one of their later seasons like four or five mm-hmm. where uh they the middle child got knocked up and uh so she was going to go to like some really shady back like back mm-hmm, alley mm-hmm, doctor mm-hmm. to get aborted and where like abortion was a high risk thing to do very yep, but if you are if you were a high society gal you didn't want to be caught no. you know with, no. a, with a bastard baby no um but i thought they actually had a lot really well i think she ended up backing out and whatever whatever um and that storyline progressed but still it was something they touched on which was very controversial in the 1920s yeah yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say, because we should wrap this up and move on, because we've got a couple other darker projects, mm-hmm. we've got, uh, things we got to talk about. The misconception with pro-choice is yep. people assume that just because you're pro-choice means you are pro-abortion. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. exactly. And that is not the pro-choice and totally against abortion. But you are pro that woman having the choice to have that abortion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it's not your uterus, so why the fuck do you care what goes on? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And also... The studies have shown that in, in places where abortion is legal and women have free and equal access to abortion, abortion rates actually decline Yeah, because women have better access to sexual health, yeah. to their own sexual health, and to and information. and information, yep. and so there is less unwanted pregnancies, so those abortion clinics aren't as busy as people think they no. are. Yeah. And then I think also, too, what happens if you're not financially capable to raise a child, well, well, right? Exactly. And you're being forced to do it, mm-hmm. right? Those are the other things too. Are you going to be able to raise this child? Yeah. And are they going to have a good life? Yeah. Right. And so I think that's none great. of that matters to pro-life. No. Mm-hmm. I know. But that's that's all it is. Exactly. All it means is it's a life that has started that you cannot vanquish. And that's yeah. all as, it is. as a as a gay man and a feminist, mm-hmm. um, my worries when I see people going after women's rights, rights that are supposed to be solidified and have supposed to have been solidified for a number of years. Yeah. And people go after politicians go after a woman's right because gay rights are still so new and really a lot of our rights are still mm-hmm. in the yeah, It's a very slippery slope. It's a very slippery slope. So if they're going to come after the women, they're going to start coming after the GSD community. Like why are we even having this conversation? Exactly. Yeah. 2019. Yeah, exactly. Because unfortunately. They this on fucking Degrassi back in like 88. <laughs> I, I know. But the problem is you can see it. Hands, Handmaid's Tale is going to its third season. This is exactly what some of us fear is happening. And, 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 and run backwards. This is what the Republicans in the States are actually. That's what we. That's the vision I have that yes. they want. Yes. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make sense. Every time I hear about this pro-life bill being passed Mm -hmm. in another state, it's, I'm drawn to, like, where we saw the preview for Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. That's exactly what I'm picturing. And I'm like, is is this a reality show now? Mm -hmm. Because that's what it's turning into. And, And any woman that is signing 
their name to that bill. Yes. Because I know there is some, because they're giving yes. shots of it. Then they shouldn't have a right to vote. I'm sorry. I know. I just that don't understand. But that's, that's the next thing to go. You're going to take be. away pro- you're gonna take a woman's right to choose. Yeah. Then you're going to take away her voting rights. And all of a sudden, she becomes this illiterate woman yeah. from the Hemi's tale. Like, yeah. Margaret Atwood is almost predicting the future. Yeah. I know she's good. It's she's like the same. Scary. I know. And the scary thing is, is this her her sequel comes out here in September, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared that it's literally going to be what happened after the 2016 election. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I know. Yeah. Exactly. Know. Okay. Dark okay. times. Dark times. What All do right. we got? What's worse? All right. So there is a double standard we are seeing here in GSD community. Particularly, I'm a gay man, and I am talking about the blood ban. Woo, blood ban! So, this is a topic I have been gay as fucking mad as hell. I exactly. Believe no, other through. way around. No. Gay as gay hell as and mad as fuck. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did I say? I don't know. Gay no. as fuck. Okay. Whatever. Well, you're both. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, in the States, it is, you can't donate blood regardless if mm-hmm. you're a gay man. Um, because... Apparently, your blood is poisoned. Because you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and we apparently have high risk of HIV, um, which... So I'm not going to touch on the States, because, yeah, it affects us, but not really. I'm mm-hmm. going to touch on what ha- what's happening here in Canada. Mm-hmm. So recently, legislation went through that the um, that the, the waiting restriction for, for men who sleep with men went from one year to three months. Mm-hmm. This restriction only applies to men who sleep with men. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with this. Can anyone guess why? Me too. (laughs) I think the problem with that is we should see it. Okay. I think they want us to take that as a huge step forward. Yes. However, it just seems to be a slap in the face. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it is. It's like a backhanded compliment. That's what it kind of feels like. Because if that's what they're worried about is, you know, our blood being quote unquote contaminated with HIV. Yeah. Because we're all whores and dirty. Yeah. Um, I think they need to go back and listen to uh, another one of our podcasts from last year where we let people know that actually the percentage of new HIV rates are highest in Manitoba at 52.6% between heterosexuals. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because... They're not getting information. And Alberta is just behind that. It's just yes. over 50%. Yes. Yeah. It's heterosexuals yeah. that are contracting and polluting the blood stream yeah. with this heinous, heinous thing. But here's it. So in, in, in GSE community, our sexual health education is honestly second to none. Oh, yeah. It's top notch. It is. Whether, whether you are a fledgling gay or a, like a teen gay or an old ass gay like me. It is everywhere. Sexual health is everywhere in all of our literature. In every bar you walk into, it is talked about and and broadcast. And I think that's uh, so. For at least for for us, that is something that at a very young age we knew. We go to the clinic every three months. You get tested. You just mm-hmm. do it yes. if you're not in a non non consensual relationship, <laughs> non monogamous relationship. Um, yeah, you go every three months. Yeah. You just get tested. That's True. what you do. It's like clockwork. Like, it's just something, it t- literally takes like 15 minutes and then you're done. Yes. And then you know your status and you know that your hoo-ha and your yoo-hoo yes. are all clean. Like, and, and even even if you are in an open relationship, like we are, mm-hmm. um, like we see our family doctor once a year and even though we might have been to the, to the dirty clinic already, mm-hmm. 
because he knows we're in an open relationship, he automatically throws STI testing on yeah. our blood work. So it's just, it's automatic. Yes. And, and we're okay with that. <clears throat> and the fact that we know, like, what the symptoms are to look for, and if we do get something, we actually follow the rules. Like, there are people, like, uh, I'll be talking to people on Grindr, that I'll be like, oh, I really want to hook up, but I totally got chlamydia, so I have to wait six days. Yeah. I'll be like, okay. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's yeah. not stigmatized. Yeah. No. Like, and I think that is one big thing. We are very open with it. Yeah. Like, we know that it happens, right? Yeah. Um, probably because we slept with straight men. That's all I'm saying there. But that, there are the, the straight people mm -hmm. in our life, or the straight people in the world, at least in Canada, mm -hmm. are probably more irresponsible about their sexual health yeah. than gays or lesbians are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary thought. Yeah. But, okay, so going back to when you said about, like, sexual health for in the GST community yes. is prominent and out there mm -hmm. right do you feel that then that's a negative thing for the hetero community they think oh well they need all this education so therefore they are poison it is right because i, I will say like when my, when my mom became when my mom became single mm -hmm. and she was like oh i'm gonna start you know i'm like go and start playing with some people. I'm like, that's fine, but in three months' time, Mom, you're getting tested, and we'll go to the STI clinic together. You and taking she, your mom to the STI clinic for the first but, time ever? But she's, she's like, what's that? I'm like, well, it's in, it's in the Sheldon Schumer Center, and we go and we do all our tests, and then you know your status. She's exactly. like, what do you mean? I don't need to know my status. I'm like, yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, you are having sex. Yeah. You can contract. Anything, Anything we can contract. Exactly. And exactly. that's what is often forgotten is that heteros can contract everything we can mm -hmm. because these diseases and these infections don't discriminate. Yeah. And Hence, so, it's not a gay disease. Exactly. So we're, we're in. There lies the double standard. And I think that's exactly it. We are hyper-informed about yes. everything. We know everything that's going on with our bodies, whatever, whatever. And because, again, we are open and honest and whatever with it, the heteros see that and they're like, and then that's the perception that they have is that we're all talking about it because we're dirty. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? We're not. We're talking about it because we're knowledgeable mm -hmm. and intelligent yes. and we know that it needs to be talked about. Yes. Right? Like way back in, I want to say the 90s, I'll say the pre-prep era, <clears throat> on a first date, one of the things like you would always say is what's your status, yes. right? Before you even started sleeping with a guy, you would ask him what his status yeah. was. And you were judged if you didn't know your status. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that is that was a basic norm. Like, yeah. you just, it, it, it's, you know what, whether you're positive or negative, it didn't matter as long as you were fully disclosed it. Yeah. People didn't care. And the, now it's more that if you are and you disclose that status, right, that you are positive for anything, that is almost feared upon too, like you know, people. But I know but, it's undetectable and stuff when you get down to people's untransmissible. That's another thing on. that's education. Yeah, but I think that that's that's a, a, another thing that we do want to touch on. But yes, I totally agree that people, education-wise, mm -hmm. because okay. I'm negative, I don't learn what it's like to, and what the terms are for positive HIV or U equals U people, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it actually works. I just know that you're positive, even if you're you, like, gasp, you have the HIV. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I think that it's just a natural fear. I have had to learn what it all means. Yeah. And that I now know that if you're you or an undetectable or whatever, <clears throat> you have a 0% of transmitting the disease to anyone else yeah. because you have it in under control. But I think mm -hmm. that comes from a fear because we, all four of us, come from the generation where AIDS 
H crisis killed everyone impacted us so hard mm-hmm. even as fledgling gays that was the first thing we heard about is the AIDS crisis just coming out yeah and, and everyone you, dying and don't be you gay fear. you'll die yes that's exactly what yeah. we did yeah. and so even though even though HIV is manageable <clears throat> the us older gays we are we're, we still have that fear of if I catch it it's a death sentence even though it hasn't been a death sentence in 25 years. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and right? it's now manageable literally with four pills. Whereas, yeah. like way back then, it was like, like twenty pills, and it was terrible, and it yeah. did like shit to your immune system, and you looked like and side effects. You would and... rather be dying yes. than surviving mm-hmm. HIV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now it's a little bit easier. So, do you want to come back to the blood band a little bit? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Talk about what we're actually talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it was all great, and and yes, it is a slap in the face. However, I want to call out Spain. Mm-hmm. Because, and I only know this because of our friends over at Gayish. That's Gayish. <laughs> so in Spain, there is they have a six month restriction on everybody. So if you've changed your your, um, your partner, whether it's straight or gay, and no, no matter what your parts are, yeah, no yeah. matter which parts are. So if you are a human who's changed human partners, then you have to wait six or months. or even animal partners. So oh. I think we'll go with that too. <laughs> you have to wait six months before you can donate blood, mm-hmm. which. I'm okay with that restriction. Exactly. Because that yeah. is the same standard for all Everybody. citizens across mm-hmm. the board. Mm-hmm. Right? And I know that after six months, as long as I haven't slept with anybody new, I can go donate blood. Yeah. Well, and they test the blood anyways, every person. Yep. Yes. You know, regardless. I know. Yeah. Right? But I, I don't know why they have the restriction, because I know they were um, they were talking about it when the Pulse Orlando crisis happened. Yes. None of our community was able to give blood. Yes. Like, because literally anyone that was around there, we couldn't give blood. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we were so thankful to our straight allies who stood <laughs> in line in the blistering sun to donate blood because yeah. we couldn't take care of our own. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, like, I get questions sometimes. People are like, oh, do you donate blood? And I'm like, I can't. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. They're like, why can't you? But oddly enough, we can donate our blood plasma regardless of who we're sleeping with. Yeah, just not blood. We just can't donate our actual blood. Mm-hmm. Which I think is bullshit because I'm like, how is my blood less? How is my blood plasma less poisonous than the actual blood that runs through my veins? Yeah, because plasma doesn't have like the so, DNA in it that carries the virus or something, something, something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's so weird. I know, but yeah, right. it's it's true. Like, yeah, we can we can donate plasma, just not blood. Yeah. Well, and then actually, I was reading somewhere. I can't remember if there was an article, um, but apparently an Alberta um, doctor. And like researcher and professor, I don't know whereabouts though, either U of A or U of C, but they are trying to implement or trying to put forward to Health Canada so that it makes it mandatory for everyone during their yearly checkup to get tested for STDs. Yeah, yeah, that would that makes sense. I'm okay with that standard. Yeah, 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 for everyone. I'm also okay if the three month ban was 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 extended to everyone. everyone. Well, isn't like I'd be okay. I would be okay with the restriction. Well, isn't like the rates of HIV like one in ten people don't know they have it or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's a really high rate. For one in seven, I think it is actually. Yeah, yeah it's a really well, yeah. relatively high rate, I guess. Yeah. And like, I'll I'll tell you like I when I had my my physical in December, and I had my tests done. Um, my doctor called me in and I panicked because I knew I had my STI testing done. And I'm like, What's I wrong? shouldn't have anything. I haven't slept with anybody in like six months. 
he sat me down and it was my my Hep B vaccine had run out, so I needed to get that renewed. And so I I, I kind of yelled at my doctor. I'm like, you know what you put me through? Exactly. You ju- <laughs> he literally just pulled an Emmett from his HIV scare. Yeah. And he like had to bring Ted, and then he had to pray the gay away. Whole big storyline. Yeah. Mm. And I think it, it boils down to education. I think in because we all take sex ed in, in school, mm-hmm. and it's all part of the curriculum. I think in sex ed, we need to talk about not only safe sex, but getting tested and sexual health for everybody because the, the yeah. more aware we are of our sexual health, the less likely we are to contract something. Mm-hmm. I do know, remember what I was going to just say. Was also, it's actually harder to get the HIV from a, like a man, man MSM, mm-hmm. right? That's how you yeah. mm-hmm. um, Then it is from doing drugs and sharing needles and sharing yes. equipment. Yeah. You can actually get it quicker and easier it, that way. Because you're injecting it right to the bloodstream. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, like... That's another thing. That's yeah, why the rates are are higher in um, Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Because it's um, there's a injection drug use. Yeah, yeah, it's the drug scene. And they yeah. say like 34% of the population are heterosexual yeah. individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We don't want the blood ban? I think so. I think okay. everyone understands why we're upset. Well, why we're a little mad? Mm-hmm. Okay. This last topic. Sorry, it's really dark. There is a double standard about abuse, and especially domestic abuse, mm-hmm. with between the straight community and the GSD community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want me to leave this one on? Yes. Okay. Talk about why you believe this to be true. Okay. So, um, in in the straight community, if a man beats his woman, then the police are called. That man is arrested. That woman is almost put into protective custody or the equivalent of she's put into a safe house um and taken care of because it's normalized it's it's how we, we take care of the we take care of the abuse survivor we deal with the abuser everything's all hunky-dory in the gsd community especially with man-on-man relationships or female-on-female relationships woman-on-woman i don't know why i call them females because <laughs> you're trying to be classy i think so um if one partner beats the other partner it is seen as that's okay because you're the same sex and that is wrong. Is that because there's an equal quote unquote like power dynamic? Yeah. They're on the same playing field. Yes. Mm -hmm. But even in like heterosexual relationships, because you're, you always look at it from a male beating on a woman. Yes. Versus a woman who could be very verbally abusive and like mentally abusive or physically or physically or uh, like going through your phone and freaking out at you constantly, yeah. and all these things that cops wouldn't necessarily go at. Ah, they're just having a tiff. It's fine. Yeah. Yes. It's just lady problems. I think uh, the stats, and I don't even know if they're relevant anymore, but I remember seeing it. One in ten domestic violence cases are women versus men. Yes. So it's the it's the opposite of what you think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like ten percent, it the woman is the abuser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is only because. It's been reported. Yeah. Um, exactly like Ray has said, if it's if my woman is going through, you know, going Your through phone. my phone and giving me, you know, abusing me emotionally and psychologically and whatever, whatever, it might not be physically. And that a lot of the times that's that's the problem that we still think of abuse as it's black okay. eyes and broken bones. Yeah. And oops, I walked into the door again. Thank you, Luca. It, it's not. And so men, again, would feel emasculated yeah. because they've had to admit that they are getting abused by their wives. Yes. And maybe they don't even understand that they are. Exactly. Yeah. They just think it's normal because this is probably maybe this is how their parents reacted. Yeah. Right. This could be how 
even if it was way back when, it was how their his dad treated his mom. He think that's a regular family dynamic because we will always say that abuse is taught, right? So yeah. I was abused, or my my mom was abused, so that's how I saw it. So that's why I do it, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't it doesn't that's, hold up in court. No, but literally people sometimes accept that they're like, oh, that's why he's like that, but. Because the, the, there have been documented cases where there's been same-sex domestic abuse and police haven't responded to those calls. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, uh, same-sex domestic abuse doesn't get reported. I think it's it's reported less than actually mm-hmm. uh, woman on, on man domestic abuse. Yep. Um, that's wrong because everyone's like, oh, well, it must be just good. Because, you know, if, if your husband pisses you off, you can just punch him in the head. It's like, no. If I go and I beat the shit out of Terry, mm-hmm. that is that is domestic abuse. That yeah. is that is mm-hmm. me abusing my husband. Yeah. Same thing if I sit there and I, I whittle away at your at your psyche for with whatever means I have, mm-hmm. that's still abuse to you and that's yeah. still not okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no. No abuse is okay. No. I think we're we just find that it's hard to pin down why one is more important than another yes right and i think that's what you're trying to say with that is that we are fully fully capable of understanding that men will damage their wives yes and that we will totally protect the wife but it's really difficult when things in the heteronormative world don't fit certain uh, stereotypes and then they try to figure it out yeah. like if it is like if it's two women we could never fathom two women being abusive to each other because everyone knows what abuse is like and we would never want to do that to each other yeah but it happens it does yeah. right same as two men like two gay men it's like i don't understand like how it would ever happen because yes they're both on the same playing field and like eric said if i punch i'm gonna he's gonna punch back yeah no yeah. that's not how it happens yeah. like it's just if you can understand the f- how abuse in a heterosexual relationship works, yes. it works in the exact same ways in a homosexual relationship. Exactly. The exact same triggers, the exact same functions, everything. Yeah. Like Eric said, sometimes it's even worse because we don't feel like we can report it because yeah. we don't feel like we'll be taken seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well... If I can give you an example, when before Ray and I got together, I was in an abusive relationship where he actually punched me and like beat me, mm-hmm. right? Um, that was it. That was the end of the straw. Yeah. And I reported it. Good. Um, they did come out and talk to me. Um, and the there was a woman as a police officer here in Calgary, and she asked, "Did you want to press charges or anything?" I'm like. But I, I wonder if she took you more seriously because she's a woman. Yeah, I don't know. if there I was some very yeah. like straight acting, bush ass cop, some duty dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she she also said, "Do you want to press charges or anything?" I'm like, "Well, I'm just like whatever, like you know." You just want out. I just want it out, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then she's like, "Well, you could also do a restraining order stuff and everything like that." And I felt comfortable, like you know, I never went through with the restraining order because at that point I had moved back to Saskatchewan. And I was like, I'm done. I'm getting out of here. Like, you know, I was planning on staying in Calgary, but I was like, no. Right. But those are the kinds of things. Yeah. Like maybe it was because of the woman that came out. But I know in in Calgary for the longest time, and I honestly don't know if it's still true. I hope it's not true. But we had a list of of GSD friendly police officers 
who'd respond to GSD calls if, if they came out um, because not everyone who put on that uniform would actually protect all the citizens in Calgary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had an issue, still have an issue uh, which, with stuff like that. Yeah, like in... <laughs> Get to protect and serve, you can't choose who you fucking Yes! Yeah. Like yeah. literally, we cannot have a list for the GSD community because if that's the case, then we have to have a list for the black community and the Muslim community and yeah. everything else. Yes. Like it would be ridiculous for us to be like, oh, sorry, can you bring the Muslim-friendly police officer here because yeah. it's a Muslim-involved crime. Yeah. No. Or a Muslim GSD uh, right? <laughs> police officer. That really whittles down the list. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. can you please cross-reference all your lists to find me that one person? That is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, exactly like Ray said, it's to serve and protect the entire community. But we still have a GSD liaison with the city police yeah. force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, but we shouldn't have to have all the power to that police yes. officer. And I'm glad we have it. Great, yeah. great for reaching out. But we shouldn't have we to shouldn't have it. Need it. Yes. No. Yes. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Because if 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 I'm caught in a thing of domestic abuse, then I'm sorry, but I should be just as protected as the as the wife who's been beat senseless by her husband. It's yeah. just a flaw in their in their training. That's yeah. what it is. And like or the sensitivity man and stuff. from the woman. But in Edmonton, I remember they did a thing about a year or two ago, and they had two. Um, straight cops walking down the street together dressed as normal civilians to get the experience of what two gay men would feel like doing that. Mm-hmm. See, and I like that. Like, I, I like the idea behind exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because then they can really feel like, how are they going to get targeted? If people yeah. don't know you're a cop, how are they going to treat you walking down the street? Yes. Yeah. What does that all boil down to? It's perceptions yeah. mm-hmm. and beliefs and the way you were brought up and like the values. And everything that you hold. I think that that is encompassing like everything that we talked about today. Yeah. Like that's what a double standard is. Yeah. You believe that it's okay for X to do something, but not for Y to do something. Mm-hmm. But you need to question yourself. Yeah. Why is that? Like, exactly. why can't X and Y be exactly the same? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for as much as we rag on the younger generations, but Gen Alpha's kind of doing it right when it comes to social things because they aren't like yes they're asking why but then they're they're not listening to the answer that they're getting yeah mm-hmm. <clears throat> right it's it's oh well i'm x but i want to do what y does oh but i can't because this is why y does it oh well i'm going to do what y does anyway yeah right and i can commend them for that um especially like what two years ago when the school shootings happened and then there was yes. that whole rise up movement and everything like that was great and there was all those gen alphas that were there and they were like rageful and powerful and whatever. But where are their voices now? And I think yeah. that's the problem. It's again, it's that right now generation that if it's a, not a topic that is uh, quote um, like hashtag lit yeah. at the moment, then well, they're not fighting for it. Like, yeah. Cause gen alpha stood up for GSAs mm-hmm. uh, back when the conservative government in yep. Alberta got elected, yeah. and they all did the walkout because my sister was probably yep. I walked out with that. Yep. But they're the the United Conservative Party just uh, disbanded the conversion uh, the ban on conversion therapy work group. Yeah, mm-hmm. and no one like I know. no one ghost town. It's a fucking ghost town. I know. And here we are as millennials and Gen Xers raging about it because this is something that is very real. And even though the... And this actually doesn't affect us. No. Like, there's no... Like, we... There's no way that we as Gen X or millennia, millennials even yeah. are going to get conversion therapy. No. Like, no. we're past that. 
This yeah. is for Gen Alpha. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're not afraid yeah, of him. Because of the health no. minister is saying, well, it's not a real health threat because no health No can... practitioner or any doctor is actually going to do it. Right. No shit. Yes, of course not. They're not going to do electrical therapy. But you know what? Those those alt-right religious, <sighs> ultra-religious groups will certainly try to kind of pray the gay away. After and, they bugger your son. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. torture you until you believe that you're actually straight. Yeah. So that needs to be done. That needs to be outlawed. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. you need to separate church and state. Right? Exactly. So dumb. Okay. Sorry. That's a whole new topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think Eric has raged enough. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to be wrapping this up. Eric, lead us out. So um, if you liked what we had to say, uh, like, comment, subscribe, leave us a review, sign into some of one of our DMs. Send me a dick pic. <laughs> Comments. Because we touched on some really heavy topics in today's episode, we definitely want to hear from you. So reach out to us on Pride Social YYC, YYC on tweets and the Instagram and Pride Social Circle on Facebook. Um, if you want to talk to me directly because you hate the things I said, you, you can reach me. I'm at CaptainNerd87 on the tweets and the Instagram. Yeah, I think that's all. I think we've we've kind of beat these horses to death. Yeah. Yeah. Flogging of equine? Sure. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can join us next time. Bye. Bye. Love and light, bitches.